Hello everyone and welcome to the Do More Of Your Money podcast, episode 155, Chris. Wow. Can't believe we got there. Neither can I, no. Can't believe we got there. Uh, I think it's a, a really good topic this week because if you were, were you on the first ever podcast episode? You, um, I don't think I was. I think I'm about on the second or the third. Yeah. yeah. So, so the first ever episode we had, we discussed about China. Yeah. Because um, it was just before COVID hit, and uh, course, David and our yeah. fellow directors uh, went to China. So we had a discussion about the markets, and we're going to bring that back a little bit this week. So. Excellent. The title is USA versus China, which economy drives your investments? And I think this is quite an important topic for us, what's been going on in the spy balloons. I don't know this one in our car park and <laughs> things like such as TikTok. So we'll get involved with that today. I'm joined by uh, some experts, uh, Chris, Paul and Hannah. Welcome. You've all been on the podcast before. Um, hopefully we can get you to do us a little saying again, a bada bada <laughs> bum again. Hannah, I haven't let you forget about that. So... I think uh, just before we get started on today's topic, Paul, I'm, I'll probably bring you in because yep. actually we've had some, you know, we're currently recording this on Thursday um, and we've had some sort of positive news with the FTSE at 8,000 and we've had some positive news this week. So I think it's yeah. worth sharing that with what's going on with the markets. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's been a, a very busy week this week in terms of what's been happening in markets, in equities and bonds, but also economic data. You're right, the FTSE 100 reached an all-time high, uh, going above 8,000. So that's great news, great news because we're invested in the UK equities, but we are also global equity investors. Um, so, but we've seen strength not only within the UK, but also in European equities. And this is just building on the momentum that we've seen really over the last two, three months where equity markets have really rebounded. And you've seen strength in China, in the US. So it's been a really good time for investors coming off a challenging um, environment last year, but seeing good momentum, a little bit of weakness in the bond markets, um, but uh, that's just more driven by the inflation narrative, which has shifted from disinflation back to inflation. But we, in terms of economic news this week, we saw positive news on UK inflation, UK inflation, which has been very high, above 10%, 10.5% fallen this week to 10.1%. But when we strip out energy and food, both very volatile components, you actually seen inflation fall much further. So it's down at 5.8% when you strip out those volatile components. So that's real positive for the UK, perhaps turning a corner on the inflation backdrop and that'll fil filter into investor sentiment. And was, is that faster than we expected or anticipated or is that going in line with what the Bank of England said, Chris? Yeah, I think it was, was it slightly faster, Paul? Be better than I yeah, expected. Yeah. So yeah. when we look at numbers, 10.2 was expected, yeah. it came in at 10.1. Yeah. But when we strip out those volatile components, you are expecting above six, it fell below six. Yeah, so I know the price of food, wow. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think the big thing for me is what you're seeing is basically a reversal of a lot of the negative trends mm -hmm. that you saw last year. So we all know that last year was a negative year for, for global stock markets, but actually a lot of the things that were driving that are now starting to reverse through. So things like the fact that you were seeing a very fast rise in interest rates, we were starting to get close to that peak interest rate cycle. Um, things like inflation, you know, inflation is coming down, and maybe a quite nice segue to probably the next bit, is you've got China reopening as well. Mm. And that's been a, a really good driver for, for what's happening within stock markets, not just in China, but actually globally as well. I think you were also seeing on, on the growth front, you know, yeah. coming into the year, there was expectations that growth was going to be weaker. 
uh, given the inflation backdrop, the, given the squeeze on the consumer, what's actually turned out is the consumer's been really resilient because the mm. labour markets have been so strong, yeah. people have yeah. been employed, yeah. they can continue to spend because they're earning. Yeah. It's, it's had a positive effect. I think it's yeah. uh, definitely worth picking that out. Well, as you said, let's let's get right into it. So, come on then, Chris. What what's happened between US and China this week, and and how is this? You know, how can this affect us with our own investments? Yeah, I mean, you know, there's been a lot of talk of different types of spy balloons and things like that. We obviously had the balloon that was shot down, um, as well as that. You've also had what's been happening with with TikTok and you know the potential for how is information used within TikTok and how is that then spread into China overall? I think, um, you know, US-China trade tensions, tensions, if maybe not just trade tensions, tensions <laughs> is nothing new. You know, there's a very clear struggle there to see, you know, who will be the, the dominant economy. Um, Even the balloons is nothing new. They've had yeah, several they've balloons. Had, I yeah. think under the Trump administration, they yeah. had three balloons uh, the scene in Europe, the scene in Latin America, but the the press just grab onto a headline that a, a fighter jet has shot down a balloon, and it's a yeah. great news story. And run with that, but you know, there's much more going on uh, underneath the surface about you know technology, um, chips, manufacturing of chips, yeah. and bringing yeah. in legislation to really hold. And I think it's growth. worth bringing that in because you know I was listening to the radio the other day and it was talking around the iPhone and the production of iPhones in China and the production of chips yeah. in, in China and f from an American perspective, how, how they are looking to, to potentially stop that, Paul? Uh, absolutely. You know, the, I think it was in 2019 that they brought in legislation to stop um, companies in the US export anything, whether it's technology, whether it's um, equipment that goes into producing chips and that was then filtering its way into China. So uh, Huawei, the communication Very difficult to pronounce. Very difficult to really yeah, think yeah, about yeah. that. I, I personally wasn't that. going to say yeah. that, so well done. Um, in 2019, oh sorry, 2021, their revenue fell by 30% just because of this new legislation that the US enacted. Mm. So it's having a material impact on Chinese companies, and it's really an effective almost weapon to really stop China's growth. But how, how, probably for the full audience here, we've got, you know, even look at the UK economy as well as the US economy. Like, how reliant are we on China now? From a, you know, it's the second biggest economy in the, in the is, world yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. So, like, how, how are we so, you know, we seem very reliant on it. So I'm gathering it's not just a case of let's get divorced and stop buying things from China. Yeah. Especially I mean, for the US. It's interesting, actually. Um, I've got some figures here. So um, last year was a, a record high for trade between the US and China. So the overall figure there was $691 billion. Um, so US imports from China increased to $536 billion. And US exports to China increased to $154 billion. So they're very, very big numbers. There's a huge amount of interdependency between not just the US and China, but the rest of the world and China. Um, what you're seeing, and this is actually some of the conversations that, that Paul and I have been having with some of the, the fund managers that we work with, around actually, you know, how does that play out moving forward? How do you reduce your reliance on China? You know, you've got places like the US thinking around things such as you know, deglobalization, 
localization of supply chains. So a lot of the kind of key trends that we saw over the last decade, where people outsourcing things to China, outsourcing manufacturing to China, um, actually start to say, well, do you know what, maybe that's not the right thing to do. So I don't know, let's say you're, you're kind of Air China, something like that, um, and you say, right, I'm going to buy 300 planes from Boeing. So obviously Boeing's a US company. And then suddenly there's some kind of trade tariff or some kind of point that means that you, you can't trade with mm-hmm. Boeing overall. Then actually, you know, what, what you have, you know, you have something that is you can't use. Mm-hmm. A very expensive paperweight yeah. is one of the researchers yes. that I was speaking to said to me. So I think what people are saying is actually you know, globalization is a great thing in the sense that obviously you can reduce price, you get cheaper products. But actually, there's disadvantages there because then it, it builds up a reliance on another country. Yeah. If that country is your direct competitor, in the same way that arguably US, China are, in the sense that they're the two largest economies, there's a huge um, amount of competition between the two of them, then maybe that, that's not what you want. The way we're kind of thinking about it from an investment perspective, you know, we think a lot about inflation, the direction of inflation. This what perhaps is more of a structural long-term theme of governments incentivizing companies to come back and what we call onshoring to bring their companies back in but that comes at a cost they often have to then charge a higher price and that will therefore influence inflation longer term and do we actually get longer term higher inflation and are people willing to accept that Mm. Yeah, because I think one of the things I, I was listening to was about uh, about car batteries and about yeah, batteries yeah. powered, which is the so biggest yeah. one of the biggest producers yeah. is is China. So if we're going to as an economy, UK or US, trying to adopt a more uh, sort of electric cars, then I think it was what I, what I heard was that the basically China's building a, a battery factory yeah. every month, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, sort of level. So. It's something. So, how does this play into our investments? How does this play into? I know, Chris, I'm testing you here. How much roughly we got in the into U.S. equities from a portfolio perspective? Yes, sure. So, say if we take our most popular portfolio, which yeah. would be the balanced portfolio, um, right now we'd have around about twenty four percent in U.S. equities. So, this relationship between China and trade between China, how does that potentially affect our portfolios? I mean, you know, I think. If we go back to 2018, um, if your memory stretches back that long, then what you had was the kind of start of the trade war. Mm-hmm. So you had the first tariffs come through, I think it was 6th of July 2018. And then what you had was an escalation from there. So more tariffs came through in August uh, and in September. 2018, you saw US equities down 7%, even though the first three quarters were positive quarters. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, it gave you a feel at the time, just that that was such a strong driver of what was happening within equity markets. I think what is a maybe a good point to make is that actually, um, you know, the tariffs are still there. It's just that people don't talk about them so much. People don't think about them so much, and you know, they're certainly not a significant driver of anything that we've seen within equity markets overall. Um, and it was interesting when Biden first arrived in what early 2021. Um, one of the first things that he said is, you know, we're not looking to roll back the tariffs. Mm. And again, he's he's kind of stuck to that overall. So um, I think for us, 
um, you know, US-China relations are a potential negative should you see a very fast kind of decline in, mm. in US-China relations like we saw in 2018. Um, but, you know, right now, you know, we're not we're not seeing that. I think, you know, going back to 2018, 2019, you had Donald Trump as president. Yeah, exactly. There was yeah. a lot of of a fear factor, mm. a big unknown to what his next move was going to be. Um, and so that probably made um, cautious uh, investors cautious and ourselves a bit more cautious about yeah. investing in, in China. Biden's a little bit more predictable. Mm. Um, and therefore that, that fear factor's kind of gone away a little bit. Yeah. Even though we know it's still there, we're more focused on, okay, what's the direction of economic growth? What's the direction of um, the fiscal policy, other aspects, valuations, earnings, more yeah. fundamental rather than a, a political and scenario. I, and I think we kind of just turn this at, you know, from into our own portfolios, our own money and, and look from an advice perspective because I think what you say, I'll bring you into this at this point because what you say is a lot of noise, a lot of noise from the, you know, this is in every, every news channel at the minute about spy balloons being shut down, relations between US and China um, not being great. How do we kind of transfer this into our clients to effectively say, you know, money's being managed by, by the, the gents here and, you know, this is a long-term game. How What sort of conversations do you have with clients? Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, when you see this sort of thing in the news, you, you would get concerned. But like Chris and Paul have said, this isn't new news. It's it's been known about so yeah it is best to just ha speak with your advisor um, know that you are in a portfolio that's spread it's got good diversification globally and asset wise and yeah just keeping the, the long term goal in mind yeah I think that's key you mentioned because you did say it again but how much was in the US equity about side of it 24% 24% in so yeah. you're kind of then looking at other equities across the portfolio European yeah. equities UK equities um, even some There'll be some um, sort of uh, Chinese, I'd imagine. Yeah, absolutely. So we hold um, emerging market equities, yeah. and, and China's a big part of that. Yeah. So we've got uh, different types of Chinese equities held, mm -hmm. um, so more domestically focused, more internationally focused there as well. Mm -hmm. um, and it's an important part of, of what we do. Um, you know, our managers that we work with right now, mm -hmm. and also ourselves, are positive on emerging market equities, but the area that we're particularly positive are on Asian emerging market equities. So again, the key driver there is a mixture of some of the things that Paul's been saying, like good valuations, fundamentals, but actually just what's happening in China. So that fact that you're going through um, what was one of the most severe lockdowns of It's changed, hasn't country. it? If you, yeah, it's if you huge, remember when yeah. this trade war started with Trump, yeah. you kind of just go back, which was before COVID, what's yeah. happening in China has significantly changed yeah. you know and even just in the last six seven months alone the difference how has that affected you know coming out of lockdowns etc from a Chinese perspective how has that affected their economy I mean it's been huge if you look at um, we look at lots of different economic forecasts but probably the main ones that came out recently were from the IMF so the International Monetary Fund so for 2023 uh, the original forecast was cut in October and that was coming in at 4.4% growth. They upgraded that to 5.2%. So out of all the individual countries, China actually saw the largest upgrade to mm. economic growth forecast for this year. Um, and all that's to do with 
actually what makes quite a lot of sense. Mm. So if you, you think back to kind of, what was it, May 2021, and you're kind of coming out of lockdown, you remember you had to go to the pub but sit outside, all, all those... All That's those when you were making lasagnas and things like that. That, that was exactly that. Teaching us how to make them. Exactly. No, you should watch that video if you get a chance. If anyone hasn't seen that video, yeah. we should yes. maybe share that, guys, if we, if we can. I think what's great about that video is that you made everything from scratch, yeah, which you like to emphasise. I didn't make it. I, the pasta I didn't make from scratch, yeah, which was that's poor. Really no. Sorry. Next time. I've, yeah. let, I've let you down. <laughs> but, um, no, what you've seen is, you know, if you think we're in lockdown for, what, like four months, something like that, and you came out of that, you, you were desperate to eat out, desperate to travel, desperate to go to the pub, desperate to see all your friends. Um, now imagine if you've been in lockdown for basically three years yeah. mm-hmm. and you know, some quite severe lockdowns as well. Um, you know, you can imagine the pent up demand there, mm-hmm. but then take it another step further. You know, think that actually China is the second largest economy. So again, think of that level of pent up demand. How does that affect not just the Chinese economy, but also the global economy as well. You know, I think of some of the managers that we work with, some of the kind of plays that they've got around China right now, things like, like luxury goods, um, LVMH is an example. Mm. Obviously, you know, you've got a lot of Chinese consumption of luxury goods, mm. things like um, commodity products. So China's the biggest consumer of commodities. Obviously, as that reopens, then mm. you start to see commodity prices come up. Um, things like invest in areas such as Europe, which has a very strong relationship with China. So again, there's so many. Or metals, the other thing, invest in in um, things like metals, mining yeah. companies, stuff like that. So there's a lot of different ways that you can play it. But I think for me, you know, it's it's huge. It's you've got the second largest economy moving from being closed to being open. I think what will be important looking forward is you know since november time you've had a huge rally in chinese equities Mm. and that's all on the basis of a change in policy the government removing zero covid looking forward is whether you get that pent-up demand actually spent now we saw it spent here in the uk in the us but chinese um are typically a little bit more cautious Mm. and they've also gone through uh, an environment where property prices have collapsed developers are in a, a huge amount of stress and so are they behaviorally just a little bit more uh, less willing to spend because their property prices perhaps you know down 20 percent so that wealth effect means you may be a bit more cautious now on early evidence that we've seen so far that's not the case they're out in the casinos they're out doing touristy things here out spending so we would want to see that come through and we'd get a bit more optimistic uh, about allocating even more to Chinese equities so let's switch to U- US so what's the US outcome Chris Paul what, what do we feel in terms of from a US e- economy it's been obviously one of the strongest sort of growing equity markets for a long long time what's the sort of outlook and view for, for this yeah sure I mean if I think around you know how will China reopening affect the US, I'd say it won't affect it so significantly. Um, you know, I think what we're seeing with the US right now, and certainly our view of the US is it's probably more neutral compared certainly compared to emerging market equities. Um, I think our view is that you can get better entry points compared to the US right now within say emerging market equities or European equities would be an, a, another good example of an area that we're quite positive on um, but I, I think from the US perspective um, 
you know, I, I see China being positive for the global economy. I definitely do see that. It will have an effect, but but probably not such a huge effect overall. Great. Is that your next holiday then, Chris? China. China. Um, I know you like food and Chinese do, food specifically. Like probably. Food, yeah, so yeah, yeah. No, my next holiday is France. Oh, right. Uh, okay. Next so month, my birthday. Go European. It's your birthday. How, how old are you, Chris? I'll be. Guess. We'll no, because I got I got told <laughs> off last time. So for for saying this. You, you, I think you must know forty-five. I'll be. Oh well, well, yeah, many happy returns for next. Thank you. Yeah. For the next month, I think just before we sort of close uh, off, I think it's probably work as we're approaching this time. I'm going to just steal into this, some of the advice arms because I think um, we should just talk a little bit about allowances because we're coming close to tax year end. Mm-hmm. So, Hannah, just just before we sort of finish the U.S.-China uh, argument, let's just remind our viewers of the allowances that they can fill before tax year end and when. Yeah, so by the 5th of April, um, you can utilise your ISA allowance, so 20,000. Um, if you have a little bit more that, than that than you want to invest, you've got your general investment accounts that don't have allowances. Um, and then you've got your, your pension allowance as well, so your annual pension allowance up to 40,000, depending on your earnings. I think it's it's always the, the thing to mention as well, is if you've took any money out of your ISA, it is a yes. flexible ISA at TP, so you can top that back in but I thought it's worth just mentioning that just while we're we're getting to that point Um, right do you think there's such a thing as UFOs Chris I was hoping you wouldn't ask me this (laughs) (laughs) Um, I so unidentified flying objects so I believe there are unidentified flying objects um, that people may not have identified at this point um, does that mean I don't know? There's an alien flying around in a little ship above here. <laughs> Who knows? I'm yeah, not sure. I, I think that's enough. I don't think we can talk about that any 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 more. But I, <laughs> no. I thought I'd ask you specifically because I yeah. know, I know you're a man of the world. And of course, in yeah. fairness, the US will probably just shoot it down anyway. So <laughs> well, if it's over here, I'll get someone will shoot it down. Yeah, definitely. And it's interesting because uh, you know. I, I did have a TikTok account, but I've now deleted my TikTok account a long time ago because it's. I think it was a big thing during um, lockdown, wasn't it? Everyone yeah. got themselves doing like TikTok. the dance routines. Oh, and stuff like pretty, pretty good. I know Chris is a big fan of TikTok. You've got many oh, videos. Of course, yeah, yeah. You died to do karaoke. Yeah, all those. Up. Yeah, at Chris it's just Karaoke dressing <laughs> sounds really wrong, but yeah, yeah, yeah. no, um, yeah, I, I don't have TikTok. Do I'm fa- forty-five is. It's far too old for TikTok. It, potentially. I, I find it fascinating how people have made millions of pounds mm. off some of oh, these yeah, to, yeah. Um, yeah. some of these programs. Um, it's kind of fascinating. Charged it. Show your video on their TikTok account. It's pretty <laughs> impressive. But Anyway, we'll finish it there. I think... Um, Thank you. Interesting topic, hopefully. Uh, just give you a bit more topical, um, give our viewers a bit more topical uh, views on, on China and US and how it can affect their own portfolios. Um Please uh, keep um, keep watching the morning market videos. I think I'll just give a little bit of a plug for that. Where the the Gen C, you've been on one this week, Paul, I believe, have you? Monday. Yeah, yeah. Monday. Yeah. It was Tuesday. Tuesday. UK unemployment. Yeah. Yeah. Which one? Who's got the most views? I think I have. I don't think, <laughs> there you so. go. I think I have. Probably because you've got a TikTok video, believing you have. It was the dance routine I did at the start. Yeah, yeah. But no, seriously, they're they're really good content. Yeah, I think yeah. even just a very a few very you know a couple of minutes just on what's going on in the market, and it's it's good for us to engage with with clients. But really good content. So please watch those. Uh, please like and subscribe if you've enjoyed today's podcast. Thank you, everyone. Have a great weekend. Don't go in a hot air balloon. You never know. Um, thanks very much, everyone.
Have a great weekend. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you're interested in taking your investing to the next level or would like to know more about the options available to you when you retire, then download our free guides to ICES and pensions. These are available in the video description below.